Welcome to Growing in Grace with Pastor Victor Morrison. This is a ministry of First Baptist Church located at 1700 Milam Street, Columbus, Texas. We are praying that God will bless you as you listen to this message. If you would like additional information on worship times and ministries at FBC Columbus, you can find out more at our website, fbccolumbustx.org. And now, take your copy of God's Timeless Word as Pastor Victor gives today's message. Hello, friends. Welcome to Growing Grace. I'm glad you're with us again. Hope you are having uh, some good days these days. I know that uh, I'm grateful to the Lord that as we go through life, regardless of our circumstances, He's with us and He makes such a difference. I know some may ask the question, well, you Christians say that you have joy, but how is it practically that the Lord Jesus gives you joy? And so that's something I'd like for us to think about. I want to talk to you today from Psalm 21, verses 1 through 7, and I'm going to call this the fountain of joy. You know, for centuries, legends have spread regarding the search for an elusive fountain of youth. As far back as the 5th century B.C., when Greek historian Herodotus claimed a fountain of youth gave those living in the land of the microbians exceptionally long life, They've been claiming there were all these people saying, yes, we found the fountain of youth. Alexander the Great is recorded to have come across a, quote, healing river of paradise back in the 4th century B.C. Spanish explorer uh, Juan Ponce de Leon uh, allegedly thought he would find it in Florida back in the 16th century. But all of these eventually have been classified as myth despite our enjoyment of Marvel Avengers and superheroes who are at least on screen and in film, maybe 1,500 years old. But while a fountain of youth is admittedly fiction, there is a fountain of joy found in Christ that is fact and available to anyone from any nation. I know it to be fact because I've experienced his joy myself. You know, an unhappy tax collector named Zacchaeus, in Luke 19, 6, it says he received Jesus joyfully. Jesus compared salvation in Christ to a man who discovers buried treasure and rejoices over his discovery. A strong fisherman named Peter described his personal uh, experience with Christ as joy inexpressible. The psalmist wrote of his discovery of this fountain of joy with these words in Psalm 87, 7. All my springs are in you. All my springs, he wrote, are in you. One of the original 12 disciples named John wrote, And these things we write to you that your joy may be full. Jesus promised a fountain. Did you know that? Yeah, he promised a fountain. It's an internal fountain that's deep within the soul. He says, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will find will flow rivers of living water. And you know what's really good about it? I'm just going to shoot straight with you. You don't have to travel to a remote geographical location to drink from this 
fountain of joy. You just need to experience a personal relationship with God through his son, Jesus Christ, and then Jesus will place the spring of joy within you. You'll take it with you everywhere you go. Well, in the 21st Psalm, we stand beside King David after he wins a decisive victory on the battlefield. And we listen as he tells us the real reason for celebration. So if God can give us this fountain of joy, then how do we experience it on a daily basis? Many Bible scholars say that this is actually a a messianic psalm that David is inspired to write that looks into the future, not to the victories of David, but to the victories, the spiritual victories of Christ. Let's listen in as David describes this fountain of joy in the Lord. The king shall have joy in your strength, O Lord, and in your salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. You have given him his heart's desire and have not withheld the request of his lips. For you meet him with the blessings of goodness. You set a crown of pure gold upon his head. He asked life from you and you gave it to him. Length of days forever and ever. His glory is great in your salvation, honor and majesty you have placed upon him. For you have made him most blessed forever. You have made him exceedingly glad with your presence. For the king trusts in the Lord and through the mercy of the most high, he shall not be moved. Let's just consider this. Let's pretend that we're walking around this fountain of joy and looking at it from different perspectives, different angles. The first observation I have is found in verse 1. It talks about the strength of the Lord. You know, when God gives us strength in our daily lives, I think that gives us joy. Through His strength, we receive joy. Listen again closely to what David, when he was the king, what he said. The king shall have joy in your strength. That's what he says in verse 1. You know, some refer to this uh, psalm as being an envelope psalm because I didn't read the verse, but the very last verse in this psalm says, Be exalted, O Lord, in your own strength. And I thought, okay. So he begins with the joy that comes from God's strength being in his life, and he ends the psalm with this same idea. Psalm 84, verses 5 through 6 refers to the blessing of God's strength on one's journey through life as powerful enough to turn a parched valley into a spring. He says in that psalm, I'm walking through the valley of Baca, and he said, you know what? God makes me a spring, and everywhere I go, there's pools of water left behind. I think that's awesome. But what he says does that is God's strength. You know, over 500 years after David wrote this 21st Psalm, an administrator, he was a governor named Nehemiah, he said of the Lord's joy, the joy of the Lord is your strength. 
Samson kept the source of his strength a secret, but David boldly and clearly writes to future generations that are going to follow the Lord and says to them, says to me, says to you, joy is found in the Lord's strength. Let's go to the second thing. This first verse also says, and in your salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. And in your salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. You see, the joy was not just for David's generation, because some 260 years after David, the prophet Isaiah wrote these words, Therefore, with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. That's found in Isaiah 12, verse 3. I like that. You see, salvation in Christ produces joy in our lives. And he says it's great, not just a small amount of joy. No, he says, and in your salvation, how greatly shall he rejoice. Have you ever considered the difference between joy and happiness? Happiness depends on what happens, right? It depends upon life's situation. But joy, it doesn't depend on life's situation. It depends on salvation, salvation in Christ. That's why another prophet named Habakkuk, who wrote in 605 BC, could say this, Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, though the laborer of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. You see the connection again? There's a definite connection between salvation and joy. Remember in verse 1, There was also a connection between experiencing God's power and strength in your life and that producing joy, but also salvation is where it comes. Jesus spoke of the joy found in salvation when he gave this, he gave actually three parables in Luke chapter 15. In all three parables, there was rejoicing that took place whenever something or someone that was lost was found. When a sheep was lost and was found, there was rejoicing. When a silver coin that was lost was found, once again, there was rejoicing. And then he ends with that third parable in Luke chapter 15, when he says, when a son that was lost returned, there was rejoicing. Wow. But you know what's striking? I'm speaking right now about our joy, right? But what's striking is, in Luke 15, it's not our joy. It's heaven's joy. Do you know that heaven is going to throw a party? If you ever say, I want to submit my life to Jesus Christ, I need the salvation that only he can give. If you ever do that, my friend, I guarantee you, not only will you have joy, but heaven says we're going to get excited as well. Well, let's go to a third thing. I believe also the supply of the Lord caused David to rejoice. Has God ever supplied you with anything? He certainly did, David. Listen to verse 2. You have given him his heart's desire, 
and have not withheld the request of his lips. You know, I think David had been praying for something. What was his heart's desire? What was the request of his lips? We're not told, are we? You know what? I'm glad we're not told. I'm glad we're not told. I think it's a good thing because the focus is on the provider, not the provision. When God supplies a need in life that you have longed for, that you've been praying for, you know what you're going to experience when that happens? When he supplies that need, you're going to say, Lord, you just make me so happy. You give me such joy. David later penned these words in Psalm 37, verses 4 and 5. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Wow. You know, I also find that it's so easy to be discouraged right now because of supply chain shortages. But God doesn't have supply chain shortages. As a matter of fact, the supply chain that God chooses to use, it may surprise you. It might not be who or how you think it's going to come. Let me give an example of that. The Apostle Paul was amazed when some churches in a place called Macedonia, when they took up an offering and they didn't have a lot financially, materially, they were, they were not a wealthy congregation, right, up there. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 2, here's what Paul wrote about a gift that they collectively took up to share with other people in need. He says, The abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. Isn't that amazing? That sometimes the way God chooses to to supply a need, it's not through who you might think it would be through. Anyway, I just find it so encouraging through my life on a day-to-day basis how God supplies my needs and He will supply your needs as well. And when He does, I guarantee you, it's going to make you glad. The sweetness of the Lord, I believe, also produces joy. The sweetness of the Lord. I see this in verse 3 and again in verse 6. But he talks about blessings. He says, For you meet him with the blessings of goodness. That's what he says in verse 3. But then in verse 6, he brings up blessings again. And he says, You have made him most blessed forever. And of course, the him there is David, the king. You know, if one thinks in terms of blessings, resembling streams, then what could be the source of the spring from which the spring, the blessings originate? Ah, David. David points to the goodness, the goodness within God's character as the fountainhead from which all of life's blessings flow. For you meet him with the blessings of goodness, of David's goodness? No, of the Father's goodness. David wrote in Psalm 38, 34, verse 8, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. 
read chapter three sometime when you, if you ever have a, can get your hands on a copy of A.W. Tozer's book, The Attributes of God, then read chapter three. It's all about the goodness of God. Reading through that chapter will definitely produce joy within your heart. I love Ephesians 1.3 because it says that God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Think about that. You're already blessed with all the spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ. You know, it's no wonder that one of the hymn writers that wrote, Great is thy faithfulness, he wrote these words in that song, Blessings all mine with 10,000 besides. I mean, day to day, wouldn't you say God gave you blessings as you go through each day? Well, that's not going to be the only time. I mean, the fountainhead of God's character of goodness is going to be sending the streams of blessings your way over and over again. Why? Well, it's just the goodness of God. It's the sweetness of the Lord. But I want you to know that He's also sovereign. And I think that the sovereignty of the Lord also makes us smile. It certainly makes me smile. I would get stressed if I thought that that I was in charge of life or some other man was in charge of life. Oh, no. God sits upon the throne, and he's been ruling for a long time. As a matter of fact, always. But I, I read these verses, three and four, for you meet him with the blessings of goodness. You set a crown of pure gold upon his head. Huh. You set a crown of pure gold upon his head. He asked life from you, and you gave it to him. Length of days forever and ever. Think about how David, the man that God used to pen these words here, David was just a shepherd boy. He was just from a family, you know, from Jesse's family. It wasn't a royal lineage. And yet God said, you're the one that I'm choosing to be the next king. God set a crown of pure gold on his head. Think about Joseph in the Old Testament and how God put Joseph next to the Pharaoh of Egypt. He put Esther next to the king, Artaxerxes. You know, God is the one who determines the height of our lives. How high has God placed you in life? However high it is, always stay humble and say to God, Thank you, God. I wouldn't have anything unless you had given it to me. But not only does he determine the height of life, he also determines the length of life. He says, he asked life from you and you gave it to him. Length of days forever and ever. I I never forget reading one time where King Hezekiah, he was a good king, that King Hezekiah got sick. And Isaiah the prophet goes in and says, Hezekiah, you better get your house in order because you're going to die. You're not going to make it. And you know what it says in the word of God? It says that he turned his face to the wall and he wept and he pleaded with God for more time. And then the Lord had already released Isaiah the prophet. He's out in the courtyard. He's leaving. Isaiah the prophet is going back to his home. But in the midst of the courtyard, The Holy Spirit says, Isaiah, I want you to turn around 
go back in there and you tell King Hezekiah he will not die, that I will give him 15 more years to live. Whoa, can God do that kind of thing? Why, sure he can. He's the Lord God, the Almighty. As a matter of fact, I've often found great comfort and joy in what I read one time in Psalm 139 and verse 16. Psalm 139, verse 16. It says that before there was even one day that I'd lived, God already saw the number of days that I would have, and he wrote them down in his book. There's something reassuring about the sovereignty of God, the control of God. He runs things. So relax. Just let him be in charge. And you, you can just smile saying, I know who's king. I know who's Lord. Another amazing truth of scripture is what I would call the solidarity with the Lord. He says, you have made him exceedingly glad with your presence. Aren't you amazed sometime that God even wants to hang out with us? That God, the holy God, the most powerful being in the whole universe, wants to spend time with you and with me. I find that a reason to have joy. You know, there's another song written by David celebrating the presence of God, and it's Psalm 16. And at the end of Psalm 16, here's what he writes. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Wow. I guarantee you, the people that are right now in heaven, in God's presence, they're certainly not moping around. They're not sad, and they're certainly not bored. Oh, no. I guarantee you, they're rejoicing up there. And we can rejoice down here because God says that he places his Holy Spirit within us so that he will always be with us. I just find that another core, another reason that I could have great joy. You know, in Psalm 21, verse 6, did you catch the intensity of the gladness that God's presence brought to David? Let me read it one more time. You made him exceedingly glad with your presence. Wow. You know, I heard a long time ago that the Jamaican Christians, they have this saying. Here's what they say. If Christ is in the boat, I will not fear the storm. Isn't that powerful? If Christ is in the boat, I'll not fear the storm. You see, there's something about knowing God is with you. It takes the stinger out of things. It just seems to replace it with sheer joy. Let me give you one last reason why I think that Christians experience joy from the Lord. How does it happen on a daily basis? Here's the last one. I think verse 7 reminds me of stability. The stability of the Lord, that causes us also to rejoice. You may say, well, I didn't catch that stability in verse 7. That's okay. Let me read it one more time for you. For the king trusts in the Lord, and through the mercy of the Most High, he shall not be moved. Whoa. Some things ever shake you and rattle you, kind of get you all upset and out of kilter. Wow. I'm telling you, 
he says, I'm not going to be moved because I'm trusting in the mercy of God. Jesus gave some stumble prevention in John 16.1. Here's what he said. He said, these things I've spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. There's a lot of things out there that can make a Christian stumble. But you know what? Jesus said, I wrote these things so that you would not have to stumble. As a matter of fact, another writer in the Bible, we don't hear a lot about him, Jude. Jude ties not stumbling to joyful living in his closing verse, in verse 24. He says, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. (laughs) How about that? Once again, just a reminder, same thing David's saying. The Most High is going to make me where I shall not be moved. If you find yourself really shaken, really thrown off course these days, then why not trust in the Lord? Why not say, I I need that, Lord? Because once you know that the Lord is your rock, your fortress, your stability, you're going to say, you know what? He gives me such joy. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. That's the way old Peter described it. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today just to uh, to, to be with us, to visit with us. And uh, I want to close our time together by praying. And I'd like to pray that this fountain of joy can go from God's throne and God's heart into your heart and into your life. All right? You don't have to go over to Jerusalem. You don't have to go to Rome. You don't have to go to Nashville. <laughs> you can just experience the joy of the Lord right where you are today. Isn't that amazing? Don't forget what Habakkuk said. Doesn't matter how all the crops are doing. Doesn't matter how the livestock is doing. What matters is, am I experiencing salvation? If I am, then I've got a lot to be happy about. So if you're pursuing happiness today, why don't you join me in prayer and let's pray that God will give you joy. Lord, thank you so much for our friends that visit us here at Growing in Grace. Lord, I want them to experience the same joy that I've experienced, that David experienced, that Habakkuk experienced, and Isaiah experienced, and people all around the world, Christians, are experiencing. Maybe there's somebody and they feel like today they're on the outside looking in. They see and they hear us talking about joy, but it's not real for them, not yet. But Lord, if they'll only turn from sin, put their faith and their trust in the finished work of Christ, I know that they will begin to experience joy because you said you would place this fountain. The fountain of your spirit is going to be placed deep within our hearts. And that fountain is going to overflow. And it won't be dependent on circumstances. It won't be dependent on uh, their feelings or how, how things are going for them today. It's going to be dependent upon the goodness of God. It's going to be flowing through their lives. So, Lord, bless, bless my friends today. Let them experience joy unspeakable and full of glory that is only found in Christ Jesus. Thank you, God, for what you've said to us today through Psalm 21, 
verses 1 through 7. We love you, Lord. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, go out there and enjoy that fountain today, okay? God bless you. This is a ministry of First Baptist Church located at 1700 Milam Street, Columbus, Texas.